Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season three and penultimate episode of the show titled <laughs> Make It Rain. The showrunners refer to this episode as part of a two-part finale. So this is part one of that two-part finale. Next week is going to be part two. So that's uh, something to keep in mind as we talk about the episode and as we head into next week that this is just the first part of this two-part story. Uh, But before we get into that discussion, we need to catch up on... The news. For Supergirl Season 3 finale episode next week, Supergirl Radio will be going live and wired by doing a live episode on Wednesday, June 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to visit Mixler.com slash Podcast to listen and join the chat. These are always a lot of fun. If you've never joined us for a live episode, whether it be Supergirl Radio or the charity event we do every year, this is a ton of fun. You can interact with us live in real time and be there when we actually do the podcast so uh it would be a lot of fun to see everybody turn out for that so wednesday june 20th at 8 p.m eastern uh check us out at mixler.com slash dctv podcasts it's gonna be fun (laughs) uh in supergirl related news the 2018 cancer gets lost charity auction to benefit the pancreatic cancer action network opens online to fans around the world on july 1st uh it features 400 plus collectibles from over 80 tv shows including some pretty cool supergirl items like a custom-made alex danfers funko pop signed by kyler lee uh a piece of uh lord messa sanvers uh artwork also signed by kyler lee uh, and a poster signed by the cast. Uh, for more information on the auction, you should visit cancergetslost.org. This is really cool. I, I I knew that Cancer Gets Lost was, I think it started out as just a, a lost. Uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely focused on more on Lost in the beginning. Now it's like everything. Like if you <laughs> like a show, if you like any show on television, it's going to be on there and they're going to have something real cool. Yeah, I think it's awesome that they, they've done this every year and it's a, it's a big deal and they have some really cool stuff. I know they have Supergirl stuff. I, I think think we saw some Legends of Tomorrow stuff. I think they have some Flash stuff. Air, Airverse, they've probably got a lot of stuff. So if you uh, want to go check that out, it starts on July 1st and definitely visit cancergetslost.org. 
All right, well, that's going to do it for our news for this week. So let's get into the discussion of the season three episode titled Make It Rain. So here is the official description. Quote, Supergirl learns the true depth of Selena's nefarious plans for Earth. Supergirl, Monel, and Allura must devise a plan to stop her before Selena gets to Earth. Jean prepares to say goodbye to his father, unquote. Oh, that description really, really leaving it on a down note. Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, and also, Selena had already gotten to Earth, so I think that was just uh, a bad description all around. They didn't. I think they even uh, a couple of these descriptions. They had it as Serena, not Selena. So come on, guys, doing the descriptions, get it together. Yeah, like just just try like a little harder. <laughs> Um, But, you know, sometimes the descriptions are pretty awesome, like when Jean has a shocking secret. Uh, So you never know what you're going to get with these descriptions. Uh, But, yes, so this uh, episode dealt with Selena and the uh, the witches, not even the world killers this time. Selena had these dark Kryptonian witches uh, that were kind of her posse, her trinity. We had the trinity of rain, purity, and pestilence. Now we have... Uh, Selena, Vita, and the other chick. I didn't catch her name. I don't know what her name is. Was it? No, I didn't know. I don't know. I thought I thought I knew, and I was like, "Don't say it. That's not it." <laughs> I know they definitely named Vita because Vita apparently was kind of the dumb one. Uh, they they used her to get uh, back to Earth. Yeah, Alora was really dunking on her pretty hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they uh, were not really nice to Vita. Uh, but uh, so the new witch trinity came to Earth. They wanted to resurrect Rain. Uh, Morgan, what did you think about their whole plan to bring back Rain, working with Thomas Coville, attacking the Dio? What did you think about him? It, it was a pretty good plan. It worked out pretty well for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I was going to criticize it, but, you know, it, it seems to be doing okay for them. I mean, uncool killing poor T. Coville. He put together <laughs> A pretty sweet cult for them, and you would think you would think that they would uh, they would appreciate like the like the craftsmanship that goes into like creating a good cult <laughs> is uh, they would did not appreciate it, and I feel like this is why like you really have to figure out who it is that you're culting for. Like you don't <laughs> you don't want to create your cult around say somebody who's going to burn your hand off and then kill you. It's a bad. That's a bad decision. Did he really see himself living through this? I guess he maybe, I guess he did. I guess he thought, hey, I'm just going to become one of them now. I get. I think he thought that they were going to be like, you know what? We don't like humanity. This dude, however, soup's cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at, he found this giant pit for us. <laughs> he's, yeah, he knows how to read our language. So he's like, I mean, like, let's just let him him live is i'm pretty sure what he was thinking that they were thinking um which is why you know open communication you want to ask the person that you're creating the cult for how long are you gonna let me live that's like first that's like first interview question kind of thing (laughs) you know don't just let them interview you interview them as well and uh well he did have a line where he said may my suffering appease the dark gods so maybe he kind of knew where where that was going (laughs) (laughs) i feel like he should have seen it coming but uh he did seem a little surprised at the end (laughs) (laughs) i really appreciate that you called him t coville but i but i also kind of want to shorten it to t co 
Like a J-Lo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our boy Tico did not make it through this <laughs> R.I.P. Tico. R.I.P. Tico. We had some good culty times with you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Thomas Coville, he did not make it out of this alive, but they did succeed. They ran into a little bit of a rough patch there with the blood and Selena burning her hand, but she recovered. It was all good. <laughs> the blood thing made me a little angry at Supergirl because it seems so stupid that like they're like what we need is that blood and she's like really do you want it and they're like yeah and I was like okay she's gonna like burn it up now and then she tossed it to them (laughs) and I got real confused because I was like honey no (laughs) (laughs) well I think she was trying to do it like where she she tossed it up so she could burn it with the heat vision but at the same time couldn't she just hold it in her hand and burn her own hand. Like she would recover yeah. from that. I think that's what I was thinking. I was like, there has to have been a different way that doesn't involve like literally tossing it, <laughs> underhand tossing it to them. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's it's the blood that they're looking for to create a, like a, a monster, not a softball. Cara, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it was not the smartest thing that she's ever done. Um, and she thought maybe she had succeeded. Like Supergirl, I think, was like, oh, no, I got this covered. I destroyed it. I do feel like Supergirl has jumped to a lot of conclusions about how she has fixed the thing this season uh, without any real, like, like a follow ability up. To say, like a follow up. Like, yeah. After, after the, the whole thing with the, uh, the was it like Black Kryptonite that they oh, used yeah. on on uh, on rain slash sam and she was and uh, and supergirl was like i solved the puzzle goodbye friends (laughs) i was like you don't want to just do like maybe like a day's worth of follow-up on this one like just hang around just make sure just like just a little bit a follow-up would be great (laughs) no she was like i'm leaving the planet bye (laughs) i will see you all some other time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that has not been a thing that she's been doing. <laughs> she might need to uh, make sure that she follows up next time. Uh, but yeah, so Selena does uh, resurrect Rain. She's back, and that that I'm I'm kind of confused about what is happening with Sam. And I think it's mostly because of the writing. Like, uh, let's see if I can find the, uh, crap, where is the dialogue that I wanted to specifically reference? Okay, here it is. Uh, (laughs) Selena says, only one of them will survive the split. How quaint that you thought it should be the human. Now, number one, I think that's an awesome line of dialogue. How (laughs) how quaint that you thought it should be the human. Ugh. What I a, feel like people don't use the word quaint enough, and I feel like Selena's bringing it back in, like, a real way. And I love that a villain is bringing it back. How quaint. How quaint. Um, I love that uh, line of dialogue, and I thought it was really smart because uh, in the previous episode, we thought that Rain and Sam had uh, successfully split. We thought everything was good, that Sam was going to make it out, that Rain was gone. And then they twisted it back around on us that, oh, no, something is still going on with Sam. So I thought it was kind of a cool thing that, ooh, maybe Sam could die. Like, I was kind of thinking that maybe she's going to make it out. But with Selena talking about, oh, you thought it was going to be the human? Well, you're wrong. I was like, oh, wow, they're going to actually maybe kill Sam. Maybe Sam's not going to make it after all. And now I'm really confused because the writing has made me think that she was going to make it then she's not going to make it. Then now I'm like, well, maybe she will make it because now she's back in the rainforest. Maybe she's going to do something. I don't know. So I'm, I'm really confused about 
what is going on now with Rain and Sam. Yeah, I found myself very confused about uh, all of the Sam and Rain stuff, especially because I felt like a lot of it was um, uh, like sort of science science mumbo jumbo <laughs> where uh, where like lena was like and then these cells are doing this thing and like look at this and i was like i'm i'm getting a little confused about the fake science here now and <laughs> what's happening you mean the symbiotic non-local entanglement that's happening oh exactly exactly yes, that that thing i <laughs> i get that rain if rain is strong sam is weak i can wrap my brain around that but the writing has been really confusing. Like, I, t- for me personally, I think that good writing will tell you what's going to happen. It's going to foreshadow it in a way that maybe you don't catch it at first. But when you look back, you're going to be like, oh, I should have I should have caught it because they told me exactly in the writing what's going to happen. And I didn't catch it at the time. But now I now I catch it because I know what happens. Like, that's good writing. It's going to actually tell you what's happening. But they've told me multiple things now. So I don't know if the writing has made up its mind quite yet on what it's what it's going to do. Yeah, I was a little bit back and forth about what was going on with the Sam Rain thing. And I was also just a little confused about I, I got that there that ra- that Sam is going to try to find this pool that gives you strength. Um, but the fact that the pool is in her mind is weird to me like is that is that not weird to anyone else like what is she gonna be like i'm so strong now in my brain (laughs) like um is this is this like a a spiritual pool uh because i really thought they were talking about a real place and then all of a sudden she was back in the in the rainforest (laughs) yeah well when allura talked about it it sounded like a real place okay so it's not just me i felt very confused because allura was like yeah we we have this pool and it's like pretty dope and (laughs) and then it turns out that the pool is like i guess in her mind is it's like exists in that place that she would go to when rain took over which i also think is kind of strange that the pool was there that's a that's a really good point because when i initially heard allura talk about that i was like oh well they got to go find these these fountains these the fountains of lilith okay we're we're gonna go there but i you make a really good point like how is that gonna i don't I don't know. I guess she's <laughs> going to go to the fountains and it's going to do something to her DNA. I don't I don't I don't know. It's it's funny. So so on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, we talk a lot about how they just send the legends after what we call Rubik's cubes there, which is basically just like a ran- some random magical item that they have to collect them all like Pokemon. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like just these last couple episodes, there have been a lot of Rubik's cubes suddenly on Supergirl where it's like, here's this sword that you've never heard of before. And here is this lake that she has to find. And here's this, like, come this all this stuff is just popping up out of nowhere. Suddenly, it just feels like the mythology got very dense, like literally in like one episode. Yeah, this is where Google Docs really come into play <laughs> for me because I can't remember all of these things. Like I think just in this episode we had the staff of Kolar, we had the sword of Juru or Juru, and then we had the fountains of Lilith. So now I'm having to get, like you're right, like all of these these objects that we're having to understand and keep track of 
are all in this one episode. So it's it was kind of tough for me. I was like, hold on, slow down. There's too many things going on. On Supergirl, they're a little bit better about like layering all of these things in and making them part of the mythology. And this just felt like just dumping a whole bunch of like random phrases at me. And uh, I'm not good at remembering names uh, on like the best of days. So when they were talking about the sword and the lake and this other thing, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to remember any of this. This is not even mentioning the Kryptonian cash crystals and the transmat portals. Oh, God, <laughs> that's true. That's true. And like, like we are we podcast about this show. So we try to, I mean, Rebecca, at least, tries to know what's happening <laughs> and what is going on in a way that I feel like the average viewer and just kind of popping this on you know at the end of the night is like is all of this stuff just like super overwhelming because it is for me it's a, it's a lot to keep up with i i had to uh, multiple times while watching this episode i was like oh well maybe i'll just make a little quick note about this and i was like nope i'm gonna have to write all of this out because i'm not gonna remember <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna remember this uh, uh, and they, they talked about the Utica, you know, shout out to Utica. Utica! Uh, <laughs> still, still present <laughs> in the season. loves you. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of stuff that we're having to keep track of. What have they been calling the, like, the black, that black rock? It's the Heron? Uh, Heron the Heronel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, we, there's just a lot to keep track of. We've got a lot of Rub- Rubik's Cubes uh, happening. So many. <laughs> happening at the end of this season. So everyone, make sure that you keep track of everything that's going on. We have got to catch them all. Don't worry, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> because some of these things are really important. The staff of Kolar, which we got introduced to, I think, at the very beginning of the season when they went to Mars. And that's coming into play with Mirren, which I thought was a nice way to tie that story into the overarching rain world killer situation. Uh, so we've got that. And then the Sword of Juru is uh, what rain is using to terraform the Earth. Uh, like we previously mentioned, the fount- the fountains of Lilith is what uh, Sam is <laughs> trying to find in her brain. So um, at least they all, and then the Utical has been around. We've had the Utical uh, Heronel situation for a couple episodes, so we're we're pretty familiar with Utica. Yeah, we're, we're, we're us and Utica go way back at this <laughs> yeah, point. So we, that's old news. Uh, so there's lots of stuff to keep track of. Um, so. Let's see. We talked a little bit about Selena and the world killers. I, for one, uh, was really digging Selena and the uh, trio, the Trinity of Witches, uh, when they came busting in the DEO, like slow motion, heat visioning stuff. I was like, this, <laughs> this is the stuff. This is why I show up. This, this is, is what we want. <laughs> this is the good stuff. Give me a good villain. So uh, I really appreciated uh, all the stuff that they did. I think uh, Armin Kevorkian, who does a lot of the special effects for the show, uh, directed this episode. So he did a great job of making those villains look killer, literally. Um, they looked so good in the D.O. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, they were scary, too. I thought that they were, like, pretty... They're, like, bringing their, like, their A-game. They were not messing around. Now, Vita, little dumb... She, I mean, she could I, do there's better. always one, right? <laughs> <laughs> In every group of friends, there's always one where you're like, ah. <laughs> uh, Vita could use some work. 
But <laughs> some work. The, tri- the Trinity was not messing around. They were serious business. Um, and so I really liked their attack on the DEO. And I thought uh, uh, it's it's been good to see. So I just wish we had more of Selena. Like we're, we only have one episode left and I hope she doesn't just go away. I kind of really liked seeing Selena. And she had this really good scene with Allura where they, I, this was one of those moments where I had to, uh write down all of the dialogue because they talked about uh how like selena tells Alora that it's you who should feel shame you're responsible for the death of krypton uh you're unrepentant and um they talk about their cult their, their culture like Alora thinks that they have the shared kryptonian culture and selena's like um no, actually, I have this other culture that doesn't have anything to do with you. And I've been masquerading in the shadows and I've tried to be one of you, but my culture has been forced in the in the shadows and I'm deemed unworthy. And I was like, oh, I want to know more about this. Yeah, me too. I, I definitely came out of that dialogue being like, tell me more. Yes. I, I, like, I'm now looking back, I'm like, I really enjoyed the rain stuff. Rain was awesome all season. Been great. Been a great villain. But that Selena stuff, I'm like, we, I, me and my Kryptonian loving self wants to know more about this uh, ideological difference between Allura and like other Kryptonians versus Selena and this other group. That could have been, I, I, I just kind of wish that they had dug into that more. Yeah, me too. I wish we'd gotten more because, you know, where we are in the season, it's unlikely we're going to get a ton of this but man i would have really liked to learn more about it yeah so i don't know if we'll ever get it but that was some good stuff that was actually a really good scene and i i was my attention was like oh i was like sitting up you know on on the edge of my seat like whoa are they gonna like throw down it feels like they might fight each other right now like they're this is really tense so I, I enjoyed that scene a lot. So there was a lot of good information that we we got to at least some teases about Selena and her motivation. Like we talked last week about what is Selena's motivation? What is she doing? I think we got a little bit more of that. Do you feel like Selena's motivation ties into what Rain has been doing all season? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, I kind of, I kind of don't actually because Rain's whole thing has been like, bringing justice and punishing villains and bad people. Um, And I feel like once you terraform a whole planet, you don't care so much anymore if you're, uh, you're killing bad people or good people because you're kind of killing all the people. Um, So (laughs) what does it matter if you've brought justice to the bad people, if you're then just going to kill all the people it was a it's not something I I feel like I hadn't thought about it until you asked the question and then I was immediately like no I don't really think that they do go together (laughs) yeah I was trying to think about that because Selena does talk a little bit about unrepentance and that was something that Rain sort of kind of hit on like she she was going after sinners and that was a big thing that Rain was was about she wanted justice but going after what she thought uh, was a group of sinners that she the people she thought were sinning um, so I kind of think it tied into a little bit about what Selena was about and they even they had a lot of 
I noticed they had a lot of like biblical, almost Christian language that was happening in this episode. Like um, Selena, when she talked about rain, she said she is born again. And then they talked about a Genesis event. Um, uh, So I thought that all of that was really interesting because they have played on this rain, Selena kind of dark twisting of a faith. Um, all this season, and so that they had some of that. So I guess it kind of ties into it. Yeah, I could buy that. But I never saw. But I never really saw what Rain was doing as leading into. Oh, we're going to terraform the Earth and start over. That was not where I saw that going. Yeah, yeah, that was a surprise to me. <laughs> I wonder if it was a surprise to Rain if she was like, "Oh, you guys really should have been more specific in like the newsletter." <laughs> Well, she did seem surprised that Selena was real. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She was like, you're real? Selena was like, and I'm awesome. (laughs) I'm real and fabulous. Yes. (laughs) Or no, what is it uh, Terry Hatcher says on Seinfeld? She says that's what I was going for, but I couldn't remember. I think she says they're real and they're spectacular. I think is what she says. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, So, yeah, that's Selena is real and spectacular. So... I guess it kind of ties into it, uh, and I don't know how the terraforming is going to work out for them, but they're definitely causing a lot of a lot of trouble. There's there's some bad things happening. I think there was an eight point on the the Richter scale. Let me get now. I need to find my notes on that. <laughs> See, that was another one of those things. I was like, I'm going to write all that down because that seems really important information to know. And now. I can't find any of that. Oh, yeah, there was an 8.0 earthquake. There were tornadoes and superstorms over Madagascar, a tsunami warning. Just a lot of bad things are happening. Yeah, a lot of not great stuff is is going down right now. <laughs> yeah, so whatever Rain is doing with the sort of uh, Juru is working. And so the, villain, the villains are at least uh, accomplishing their mission as much as they see fit right now. Yeah, the villains are uh, pretty much crushing it right now. They the are good guys. They <laughs> not are, so much. They are succeeding. They are crushing it right now. Uh, so yeah, some of the, the heroes don't have it quite together at, at this point. And I, I'm going to be honest, like I'm having a little bit of a tough time right now with Supergirl specifically. And I think it's because I don't, I don't actually, I don't know how I feel about Supergirl. Like I'm, I, I, I'm not actively cheering her on at this point. Maybe I will next week, and I, I just think it's really weird that I don't feel... She feels very disconnected to what's happening right now, for, somehow, even though, like, her whole storyline, I think, in this episode was, like, I gotta get back to Earth, I gotta, like, you know, help everybody out, and yet it still felt like, I don't know, like, she was very disconnected from the action. Well, and I think it's because maybe she was like, and I'm out of here, I don't want to be part of Earth anymore, and so I, I guess I kind of look at it like, oh, now you want to show up, now you want to come back? Um, like I was more on board with, uh, Alex fighting two Kryptonians at once. I was like, yeah, that was awesome. Another, another classic Alex Danvers is the coolest person, uh, in the universe moment. (laughs) Yeah. So Alex was, uh, knocking it out of the park in her fighting this week. And also maybe we should follow up from what happened in, uh, last week's episode where the DEO decided to go non-lethal. How do you think that's working out for him? Not great. <laughs> my 
I my opinion would be um, it's going uh, so-so for them. So-so, <laughs> definitely. Um, I did like that they kind of, they were kind of following up on that with, um, with Wynn having made that, like, belt that gives you protection, which, like, you're gonna need if you don't have any, uh, weapons of any kind and you're facing three Kryptonians. But then I also laughed, like, real hard when Alex was like, Kryptonite bullets! And I was like, have you taken that up with John because like he's got some like opinions about (laughs) but it was like it was like the exact thing that we were talking about last week which is like all the DEO agents are like sitting off in a corner with their like I don't know like potato guns and Alex has like a flamethrower and they're like wait I don't get it like why is she allowed to and John's just kind of like because she's my favorite well and that's that's the thing right is like my question is now, well, okay, so what do you define as non-lethal? Because to humans, Kryptonian uh, stuff like kryptonite bullets, that would be non-lethal to Earthlings. Well, I mean, but I it's feel lethal like a to Kryptonians. Is, is a bullet. Like, well, that's, like, pro- that's probably if true. If it's Kryptonian, that's a, like an extra bonus for Kryptonians. But it's still going to get the job done with a person. That's probably true. But I just, I, I, I just thought that was really interesting. I was like. But that's lethal to Kryptonians. So yeah. <laughs> I still yes, understand. So. <laughs> but but Alex needed those Kryptonite bullets. There was no way she was going to be able to take those two down. She, I mean, she took Selena and that other chick. Vita was not an option because Vita. She, oh, Vita. She, she, <laughs> she is not contributing at the DEO at this juncture. But, <laughs> but Alex is taken on Vita, uh, not Vita, because we already established Vita is useless. Um, <laughs> the other chick and Selena, Alex had to take them down and she needed those kryptonite bullets. And it's a really good thing that she had those. So thank you, Lena Luther, because Lena probably supplied that. It's funny. That was like my, my exact thought during those kryptonite bullet scenes was like, well, and uh, and she uh, Alex had like a lot of kryptonite. She had like a little kryptonite thing in her hand that she was using to like, uh, repel the Selena and her her gang, and I was like, you know, this right here, Supergirl, is why <laughs> having Kryptonite around is not a terrible thing, because a lot of your people, it turns out, aren't super dead, <laughs> and they're also <laughs> super evil. And want to take over the Earth. And sometimes it's good to have just like a little bit just, of backup. Just a little bit. Just just in case. Just he, enough. <laughs> here's my question. The DEO is trying to uh, do this non-lethal thing. Why, why is... Why, do, <laughs> why don't all of the DEO agents have a little bit of that kryptonite spray that Lena had a couple episodes ago? Why is that? Why is that not being issued to every DEO agent in the facility? That's a good question that I don't have an answer to, <laughs> a good answer to. But it seems like they should. It really seems like they. I should. I mean, just like a little bit, like in a pepper spray, like a mace thing. That's all yeah, you would like need, just, like a, just a tinge. I mean, <laughs> Lena didn't have to spray rain too much, and rain was like, like scurrying out of her 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 hotel slash office home. So I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why they don't, I don't know. 
But they they did follow up with the non-lethal thing by trying to make a like a shield. Like they mentioned last week, James said, all you really need is a shield. So they tried to establish that this episode. But again, again, with Supergirl mixing their messages, like where they can't seem to consistently uh, stick to the message that they seem to be wanting to make. So it felt like when James is saying all you need is a shield, like it felt like that was what they want to say. But when you say all you need is a shield and then you so- show somebody with a shield getting blasted by like three people and then dying, <laughs> I feel like you're also making the opposite point. And I don't understand what, like, <laughs> it's just, it's so tiring. If you guys are going to do metaphors and it's fine, you can do those, but you, you're going to want to stick through the metaphor. <laughs> You're going to want to commit to it. If you don't contradict yourself every time. <laughs> they do this all the time, and I don't even know why I'm surprised anymore. <laughs> just just uh, go with the opposite of whatever they say, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's uh, so true. I was a little disappointed with the, the, sh- the shield belt, because from my knowledge of Brainiac 5, and we're going to do a character spotlight uh, probably in the summer after the season ends, uh, because I want to get... I want us to get to a couple of character spotlights because we need to uh, hit some some major players like Brainiac 5. But when I was doing some Brainiac 5 research, I learned about how he had come up uh, with this force field belt in the Legion of Superheroes. Like, that's his thing. Like, Brainy, oh. Brainy invents this force field belt that they all wear. And when I saw that Wynn had done that, I was like, hold up. That is, that's a brainy thing. You had brainy on the show. <laughs> Why didn't he introduce this technology and say, hey, when, by the way, here's something I'm going to give you as a gift, you know, to, to for the people of Earth, like Monel has done on Argo City. Uh, I, I just don't understand why they had brainy on the show. And then one of the big things that brainy is known for they gave to another character. Yeah, that is that is definitely very strange. I didn't know that background, but uh, it definitely makes me more confused <laughs> about some of the choices. It's really, really weird. Um, but one of the things I did appreciate about the force field belt situation is that uh, they gave Wynn a chance to, at least from a character standpoint, he 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 wasn't just like the the plot point of the episode, there was actually a character moment for him with this whole thing. Like he sees Deimos die from a thing that he invented and thought was going to be okay to protect him. And when goes through this whole, I I feel terrible, I feel guilty over what has happened because I failed at this. So I I appreciated that they at least gave him uh, like a character, at least a little bit of a story in this episode relating to his invention. So maybe Brainy will come back from the future and be like, it's a good idea, but let me show you how to make this work. (laughs) Good thoughts, good thoughts, but... (laughs) Let me add to this. So uh, maybe maybe they'll work this into Brainiac 5 somehow. But it was just, it was a very strange thing that they did there. Definitely a weird choice. One of the the groups of people that we really haven't discussed fully is the, the crew uh, who comes back to Earth from Argo City. We have Kara, Monel, and Allura. So what did you think about how they came back to Earth? I thought it was a like a kind of a cool idea that they had to find a workaround. I was confused about how Monel is suddenly like, 
has the ability to hook up a transporter, but I guess that's uh, some of that character development we got to not see uh, <laughs> over the, the, the many years he was gone. Uh, I was like, oh, I guess he's handy now. Cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that that was kind of cool. I, I liked them using the um, the hologram to to send a message to and i liked how suspicious win was the hologram <laughs> he kept trying to touch it he was like what is this yeah so i thought it was a sm- i thought it was a smart idea i liked i liked that they sort of thought outside the box to get back i'm still i feel like john should be madder about his car but <laughs> <laughs> well he he uh has he's some... got a lot on his mind but still literally I, I a lot on his one mind. of them <laughs> i'd hope that one of those things would be where's my car <laughs> Uh, when it, when the uh, the world ending chaos uh, uh, wraps up, maybe they'll have a, a briefing on uh, what has happened to his vehicle slash uh, spaceship. Car is gonna be in so much trouble. So, she's gonna be so <laughs> grounded. Oh man! <laughs> uh, and and for Supergirl, that could be a literal thing. Maybe she will uh, not be allowed to fly for a certain amount of time. Uh, I do uh, agree with you. I thought the hologram slash AI thing was pretty clever. I actually um, thought Erica Durant did a really good job in that scene. It was very funny. It was meant to be funny, and I thought it was a good use of comedy there. And um, the the way that Kara was sort of speaking through her, I thought I thought that was really cool. I also thought it was funny that like Erica or Alora or p- perhaps Erica Durant does not seem to know how to pronounce Monel's name i noticed that too <laughs> some some people on the show have not there's a lot of they need to sit down at some point there's, this is this is mirin marin all over again for us kyler lee did it again in this episode she called him marin and i'm like okay okay we're, we're okay just just sit down and just say okay this is how you pronounce We're having this a name. meeting here. <laughs> Just be consistent about it. Because I did notice it too. Uh, Allura pr- pronounced it Manel. Yes, Manel. And I was like, oh, that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's weird because if Kara was speaking through Allura, shouldn't she have said it like Manel? You, yeah, you would think so. Maybe it was uh, some sort of artificial intelligence mishap uh, that was causing the mispronunciation, but. Yeah, I'm. I am constantly confused by the show, and just whatever the actors want to say, whatever they want to do, <laughs> just let them do whatever. It's just it's, it's a free for all. <laughs> just say it however you feel. What, however you're feeling in this moment, that's what you're going to go with. What does your heart tell you? It's pronounced like. <laughs> <laughs> so just please, people on the show, be consistent. That's all we ask because th- that sort of frustrates me because on the podcast we don't know what to say. Like I don't, no. I don't know what what is the correct way to say these things. Because uh, I want to do it right. I want to make sure we get it right. But now we'll just whatever you feel, Morgan. Whatever's in your heart, <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever seems correct to us. I think that's w- what we just got to do. <laughs> all right. Well, as long as we keep it consistent, we can mispronounce it every week. Just be consistent. <laughs> We just have to be consistent about that mispronunciation. <laughs> yes. So we'll we'll stick with that. And I also liked uh, poor Zorel. Like he doesn't, he gets no screen time, no backstory. Uh, so I kind of felt bad that we only saw his lab in this episode. But at least we got that. At least we got Kara speaking about her father. 
Um, I did like some of that where she talked about how Zorel would use her as a sounding board for uh, scientific scientific advice and that he talked to her like uh, she was another scientist. I thought that that was very character correct because in the comics, Kara is actually in the science guild. In uh, Kryptonian guilds, she's in the science guild. So that seemed character correct uh, to me. And uh, I, I liked hearing about uh, Kara's relationship with her father, even though we didn't get to see it. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice for him to get a little bit of like acknowledgement on a show where they like seem they seem to consistently forget about him. <laughs> poor, poor guy. Poor Zorel. I just just hashtag justice for Zorel. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Justice for Zorel. Um, and we did get a little more information on the uh, dreaded love triangle. In oh, this God. one, I know, I know. I, do, I don't want to talk about it, but we're going to have to. We that This is what we do. So, it was real rough. <laughs> so, Morgan, what did you think about Monel sort of uh, voicing his his feelings to win? And then also Allura and Kara, they kind of have a conversation as well. So what did you think about where we stand with the love triangle? Yeah, I mean, I, I screamed into a pillow a little bit. That made me <laughs> feel better. So I'm uh, I'm really good. I'm I'm. Uh, I, I'm positive. I'm feeling great. No, I, I did. I, I had like a lot of questions about, about it this week because he's talking to win over like a, like, is it it'd basically be like the person that you care about is like two feet away and you're screaming in your speakerphone. Like I still want to be with her. <laughs> and then, and then like expecting this to be a secret. It was like very strange. I didn't know how much Kara could hear of Monel's conversation with Wynn. Uh, I, I feel like logic and geography would say all of it, but <laughs> it was, it was a, just a very strange setup like the blocking of that scene was weird i didn't know who, who could hear what and who was listening to what and then and then when you get the scene with uh cara and allura where allura is like hey so that's happening huh <laughs> and uh <laughs> and cara is like it's complicated and she was like allura is like all right whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was it was so strange to me that cara was like it's complicated didn't mention like uh, cause he's super married, mom. <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit of the, of the equation that you're leaving out. And like, your mom needs to know, because I feel like your mom is going to give you good advice. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like, oh, we, we live in, in different places or we're just, we're just <laughs> in a different headspace right now. We're very, we're very different people. And like, we don't like the same kind of food <laughs> is, is different than he's married and has been for a while. <laughs> yeah. That, that complication has a name, Cara. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. What you're describing is an affair. Uh, <laughs> it's adultery, Kara. That's the word you're looking for. It just seems so strange to me. It's like I I, I felt bad for Alora because like her daughter is back and she never thought she'd see her again. And she's like she just wants to have some mother daughter time and like gossip about boys. And she doesn't know what nonsense her daughter has gotten herself into. <laughs> is not being very forthcoming <laughs> that is really true i think allura probably would be able to have that talk with her and and car might need someone to talk about that kind of thing with uh because i 
I'm just so confused because I don't know where Kara stands with this. Like, she seems like she's happy that Monel is maybe still into her, but I just, I don't have a lot of trust in Kara at this point. Like, I, I, I feel like at any given moment in the show, she's going to have that affair. Like, I, oh, yeah, I feel I like it's going like to happen. It's coming. It's coming. It's it's a very strange like I feel like we are getting this um this love triangle weirdly without Carr's perspective which is a strange thing for a show that's about Supergirl yes and like for us to, like I feel like you could read it like that maybe Kara doesn't isn't into this whole thing and like feels awkward about it and that is maybe a fine and like justifiable reading. You could also read it as like Car super wants to get back together with Monel and is just waiting for the world to not be ending to you know <laughs> get back to get back to that field of flowers and stare lovingly into his eyes. And I don't know which is which because I feel like like Kara's perspective on this whole thing is completely absent. Yeah, I I don't know if she wants to caress his beard again. I don't know <laughs> what's happening. I mean, again, fair. It's a good beard, but it's he's a great married. beard great beard but it doesn't mean you should have an affair with him (laughs) so yeah i i think i think you nailed it i think what we're missing is her perspective on all of this and it would have been a great time for her to to tell her mom of all people if it was a scene where Kara really talked about her feelings and how conflicted she is and where she feels and like where she's ended up on this whole thing that would have been a great scene to do it in with her mom where she's talking to her mother I, it felt like such a missed opportunity to have her be so closed off and uh and sort of not giving her mom really the full story about what's going on yeah and Alora could have talked about her love for Zorel and how she misses him because of all the stuff you know that she's had to do with Argo City without him like you could have all of that conversation and I, I, I think uh, you described it perfectly. I think it's a missed opportunity. Maybe they'll have that conversation in the finale. I don't know. But it just, it was very strange. Because I think they're, I think what annoys me about the love triangle is they keep dragging it out. Yeah. It's like just, I mean, if she's going to have the affair, just do it so that I don't have to worry about it all the time. Exactly. Just do it so that we can get to the, um, denial or bargaining stages of grief (laughs) because i refuse to ever get to acceptance so i'm just gonna stay at anger (laughs) just just commit to something i'm just committing to anger yeah no it's i don't yeah i don't i also think that them pulling it out this long it's like listen for the people who really want to see those two characters together they're not happy about like it being pulled out so long for the people who are just so sick of this pulling it out is not helping them either so just like commit to something yeah and i'm gonna be really agitated if they don't commit by next week and then we have to wait an entire summer hiatus to come back to find out if she's like actually this affair seems fun Let's do it. That's going to be worse than a pod cliffhanger. Oh, it really. You don't know, Rebecca. There could be two. It could be also. Don't even talk about it. She's like, I I finally decided what I want to do about us. And then a pod like crashes into the room. (laughs) That's the worst possible combination. (laughs) Which definitely means it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen now. 
Uh, yeah, so love triangle situation. Not a big fan of it, but I guess we'll get more information next week. Uh, so I guess the only thing that we haven't really talked about, which was a very heartfelt and meaningful and very serious part of the episode, was the Jean and Mirren. I'm still going to call him Mirren because <laughs> I think that makes more sense given how it's spelled. But uh, so Jean and Mirren are, are going to do the uh, what they call the Reach which is a ritual where uh, Mirren's going to pass on his memories and his experiences of his life to, to Jean. What did you think about uh, getting to see that? Yeah, I thought that was a really well done storyline. I, I think that, like, although I'm very sad about Mirren uh, clearly leaving the show, um, and I wish that we had gotten to see him before, uh, like, more of him before the um, sort of the space Alzheimer's storyline uh, kicked in. But I think that they have been doing it really well um and have been doing like a really good job dealing with john's emotions and and mirin's and and taking it very seriously which i appreciate and i think that this was a very good episode um for that as well i i think that they they've been doing a really good job with it i'm i'm sad that we didn't get to see more of mirin uh, before this, but i think that they it seems like they're setting him up to have a very heroic um, ending, uh, and sort of save the world. Um, which I think is actually also very, very cool because he already knows that, you know, his time is not very long. Um, so if he can save the world that he knows his son loves in the process, I think that will give like his life a lot more meaning to him as well. I also agree that I like that he may get a heroic ending. I think that that is something that should happen. I think Marin has been a great character this season. Carl Lumbly has been fantastic. Uh, I think it also is an, uh, it, it honors Carl Lumbly's uh, legacy in the DC universe. He voiced Martian Manhunter in the DCAU. So he was, even before he showed up on Supergirl, he was already a DC hero. So I, I think it's very fitting that he might get to go out being a hero on Supergirl. So I do like that. Um, but I was concerned because Marin says something about how when they do this reach ritual, if you don't get to do it, you don't have as much closure uh, and you, you're not as at peace or complete if you don't get to complete it. And I think I think they were interrupted. Yeah, I was a little bit uh, irritated with that, actually. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Like, it's it's bad enough that he's losing his father, but I didn't like the idea that they were going to get interrupted and n- probably not finish the re- that reach ceremony. Yeah, so I don't know if that's going to be a- an issue uh, moving forward for Jean, but I, I just uh, I feel like they mentioned it because they don't get to. Fin- I don't know. I don't know if that's a, an intentional writing thing or not, uh, but I, j- I just happened to notice that. Um, one thing I did like about the Jean and Mirren stuff this week especially is that the writing has really been hitting on the questions of, you know, questions like what does it mean to be home or how do you know what a home is? And they've been asking that a lot with these characters this this season. And in this week, they applied it to Jean and Mirren and their characters in storyline. Like Mirren says, home is not a place. It is living among those who love and honor you. And he talks about that he can depart in peace knowing that his son is home and uh, says that uh, 
uh, this planet is my son's home and I intend to save it with him. So they talked about home a lot in this, this episode this week. So I really, uh, I was really, even though I have a lot of issues with the writing with the Sam and Rain business and the Selena Rain business and even this love triangle stuff, at least with the, the theme of what it is to be at home or what it means to have a home, I feel like they've really been, really been doing a good job with that on this this show this season that they've they've hit that pretty hard and I think it's been pretty successful. Yeah, I agree. I, I really liked that scene with uh with Mirren and Alex. I thought that was really well done. I, I really liked all the stuff with uh with John and Alex and Mirren in general. I think that the having those two in scenes together is always great and they've they've gotten like some of some of the scenes that they've had together have been so emotional and so like so well done they've been emotional but Mirren has always been a character who's sort of they they've used him a little bit in ways because he's all he's kind of a kooky character because he comes <laughs> yeah he comes from mars and so he's not totally acclimated to earth and so he says things that are a little uh silly or unexpected uh expected and i love that when they were doing the reach it was very serious they were having to relive all the stuff that happened on mars and all these these terrible things but like Marin was cracking a, a joke about zook they would you know <laughs> there there were all those things that they you know he still had a little bit of a humor to him he even <laughs> talked to alex and said you know there's no need for the watering of the eyes so i liked that even though he's nearing the end of uh, of his life and that things are getting really serious. He still has a little humor and a, a little uh, uh, charisma to him a little bit. So I, I, I like that they still maintain that part of his character that he he was serious, but he was also uh, lighthearted in that. And I think that put a lot of people at ease. Like, I think that's a, the, a good thing for a character who knows that they uh, might be dying or might have to leave. It, I think it probably made Alex feel a little better that he he was uh, so good with her. So I also enjoyed all of the Mirren stuff in this episode. All right. Well, uh, overall thoughts about this season three penultimate episode. I'm going to say it a lot because I don't get to say it uh, very much. Penultimate. So, uh, Morgan, what did you think about this penultimate episode? Are there any other things that you wanted to bring up or uh, what, what, what did you? Did, was this a better episode than last week? Um, I think it was a better episode than last week. First of all, it was the penultimate episode. <laughs> so <laughs> that all automatically gives it some points. Uh, I also thought this episode was, again, the penultimate episode. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just going to try to say it as much as possible. Uh, no, I liked the, I, I liked this one. I thought I was a little confused by some stuff. I felt like... I don't know. I feel like a little bit of the um, the unevenness of this uh, sort of the back half of this season. This one suffered from it a little bit. Um, but I thought that it was definitely an, a, a huge improvement over last week's, which was rough. Um, I, I thought I thought they did a pretty good job um, really moving the action along and sort of taking us to the finale. And I'm ex- I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the finale uh, and what's going to happen with Rain and Sam and every uh, and everything like that? I I did kind of laugh when uh, when they come into like I don't know if it's a, like a room in the DEO and Alex is just on um uh Pet Finder slash Kid Finder <laughs> like like I was like really like this is like what I do at work and then like somebody like pops up behind me and I like switch tabs really fast I'm like I wasn't just looking at a Yorkie poo what who are you? <laughs> 
Yeah, she. Uh, I guess she had some downside uh, downtime. Maybe she was uh, taking a break, and she just was using that time to be productive uh, in her personal life. I also think that that's. I'm. I'm still like. Like I said, like this episode was great. This penultimate episode was <laughs> so much more enjoyable than last week's episode. But I am still a little confused about this Ruby business because I don't understand because of the writing is so inconsistent, I don't know if Sam is going to make it or not. And so because of that, I don't know if Alex is going to adopt Ruby or not. So I don't know if I should invest in the Alex-Ruby relationship or should I just be expecting that Alex is going to adopt some kid off this National City Adoption Association's website? I don't (laughs) know what I should be expecting with this because Alex has been spending quite a bit of time on this website uh, so I don't, I, she's going to adopt somebody. I feel like that's what they're telling us, that she is going to go through uh, an adoption process, but I don't know who this kid is going to be. So I'm very confused about that. Um, one thing I did want to mention, just because, I mean, there's no real commentary on this line. I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, at one point, Alora, uh, like Kara's asking Alora, you know, were, were there any other ships? You know, is there any other way to get back to Earth? <laughs> and Alora says, we've, we've rebuilt nothing. And I was like, Alora, <laughs> y'all are so lazy. So lazy. We, we didn't build anything. Alora's like, listen. Jarrell was really like the one who like got stuff done and like uh, we we don't really we don't do that here we don't build things unless they're gazebos Maybe I, I'm, still, I'm still holding out for the gazebo to be very very important I mean we still have one episode left we only just watched the penultimate episode we haven't watched the finale, and I'm telling you that gazebo is coming back to play. Well, Thora did get hurt in this episode with the random explosion that happened. So maybe she, we're going to see Thora at home recovering, and maybe we'll get uh, more information on the gazebo when they go visit uh, Thora to see how she's doing. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of laughing at that. I was like, y'all didn't build anything? Y'all didn't even try? Y'all are just sitting around doing nothing? I, and maybe that's why that gazebo has not been uh, coming out correctly. <laughs> maybe they're just not great creators on uh, <laughs> on Argo. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, listen, we blew, up, we blew up a planet, and now we feel a little <laughs> bit weird about trying anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't really have any uh, deep thoughts about that. I just, I laughed about it. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about Make It Rain. At Patty Mello 20 said, so now are we doing Man of Steel, I guess. Cool. Uh, Alex Danvers taking down two Kryptonians by herself was the coolest thing that happened happened this season. And then like a clapping hands emoji. Uh, Cara, honey, your ex being married is not just a complication. It's a deal breaker. Don't go there. <laughs> Which is, I feel like, what Alora might have said had she known, like, any of the background information. <laughs> I think that's exactly what she would have said. And I I also thought that they were doing a Man of Steel situation here because in Man of Steel, there's a lot of talk about terraforming the Earth. That's what Zod and his crew want to do because they uh, no longer have a planet. So they want to create uh, a kind of a new Krypton like they talked about in this week's episode of Supergirl. So they uh, want to 
terraform the earth to create a new krypton for their needs so and we'll talk about the the trailer for for the finale uh in the spoiler section but there was also kind of a man of steel thing in there and i just i'm a huge fan of man of steel it's probably my favorite superman story and if they if they make fun of it or if they uh try to act like they're better than that oh that's not gonna sit very well with me um but i bet i don't mind the the homages i don't mind you know the the references to it but i'm a little nervous about next week uh to see where they go with that but yeah there was some man of steel in there speaking of uh, at Brooklyn uh, underscore biker said earth being terraformed by Kryptonians. Didn't I see them in a movie a couple of years ago? <laughs> Can they at least give a throwaway line? Like Clark is off on war world, helping the green lanterns fight Mongol to explain why he would ignore the end of the world by other Kryptonians. <laughs> you know what? Listen, like Clark has like a lot going on. Like I bet like him and uh, Lois, like, you know, they're right now they're, or- they're arguing over the, their seamless order and they just don't have time for this (laughs) (laughs) it it is funny how they like in the first season they would have her like you know text clark or gchat clark and now it's just like uh whatever he's around we don't even see his boots nowadays they don't (laughs) even bother we need to get those boots back (laughs) where's the boots budget Um, at Mark HB PWM said it was great seeing Alora come to earth and having her own super suit, but having her big meeting with Alex after they were already together in the scene, standing around the big round table was strange pacing. I just hope Alora gets to meet Eliza and Clark before they take her home. Speaking of Clark, shouldn't he be helping with a world ending <laughs> cataclysm? Even if we don't see him again, the boots need to come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think the, uh, Allura super suit was- was pretty cool um i liked the design of that i thought that was really neat and i just i just overall want more danvers family stuff yeah me too i i i agree with the with that where i watched that scene where alora got to meet alex and i felt like man i just want it so much more from that scene like i just wanted more to that it was like a five second scene right before they walked into a different scene (laughs) entirely it was it was so strange it was like oh we just realized we wrote this whole episode and we didn't have cara uh uh, introduce her mom and her sister we should probably do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it went by too fast for me um at Luthvers said it started out great with John and Niren, Ruby, Sam, Lena, and Alex trying to figure out what's going on. But the main plot honestly felt more like a crappy web show than anything else. I hope they pull out of this flunk next episode. Flunk is a good word. Flunk is a good word. We've had like a lot of good words in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at Madtown Davison said a lot of new info this week. More comic book pseudoscience about Sam's blood and evil sword <laughs> and a magic fountain in the rainforest. <laughs> Not sure I really followed all of it. I wish they had set up some of these elements earlier. This episode plays weirdly with last week's episode where the whole point was that a shield is all you need. <laughs> this week, a really high-tech shield was not enough, and we needed Alex to fire kryptonite bullets from a gun to protect her friends. Shrugging emoji. <laughs> Still excited for the finale. Finale, though oh my god that's so funny matt town davison and i are of one brain about this one <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, um, at Kaya underscore Matsui said, I guess they needed those guns after all. This episode was way better than the last, but I think if Selena was here earlier in this back half of the season, it would have been much more interesting. Finally, Byron Montgomery got what he deserved for being a cult leader. That's right, Byron. You were a creepy dad on Pretty Little Liars. At SL Fricky said, what did Coville think would happen? Selena didn't even give him fancy cult robes to wear. That's when you know you're in with them. Like, you're a part of them. Yeah, like, here's a question you have to ask yourself. Do you have a hood? (laughs) If the answer is no, you've got some big things to worry about. I mean, he did have the black clothes. So he was he was halfway there. But he did not have the hood. And like when they all popped up those hoods and he didn't have he didn't have a hood to pop up, like that's when you know you're not in the in crowd anymore. (laughs) You are not a part of them. They're like on Mondays we wear black hoods. (laughs) (laughs) You can't sit at you can't sit at our table. Uh, um, at Lady Red seventy nine said, "I absolutely loved Kara using the Allura hologram. Erica Durant nailed it. Other than that, for my liking, too much screen time for swirly Martian stuff, and not enough screen time for Alex, Kara, and Allura. It's always we'll talk when this is over, but we are never gonna see it." Um, at Frack Tall Inverter, which I definitely butchered. Um, said, no, I think I think you got it. Okay, I hope so. (laughs) Supergirl needs to be more super. Goes for the whole season, not just this episode. Otherwise, an entertaining episode. It feels like Supergirl is superfluous in her own show. Um, At VH451 said, Quick, we need pestilence and purity's blood. Legends of Tomorrow podcast listeners know where this is going. Rubik's Cube. <laughs> oh my god, I swear I didn't read any of these tweets before we got to <laughs> uh, I've just like mind melded it with Twitter. Um uh at ha- Hadab's B05 La 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 said another great episode. Love the scene with Win and Alora slash Kara hologram. Uh at super underscore unicorn 16 said i wish they could have made this episode a two-hour season finale rather than wait till next week but i just want rain to be beaten and sam to get better and oh yeah for the world to be saved the ritual with john's dad was kind of sad but happy at the same time i do wonder since this is supposed to be like a two-parter would it play any differently if we got to see it all at one time instead of separated that, by mean, a week yeah that's a really good point i guess i, I guess we'll have would've. to i guess we'll have to figure that out next week see, i mean see when, it, we when it all goes up on netflix like immediately afterwards we can watch them like <laughs> back to back and then we could be like is this better <laughs> yes good test uh at ale do said alex dot 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 wow she's so amazing they better thank lena for creating kryptonite now now why did car throw the blood towards selena i feel a lot of character choices were made just for the sake of the plot and it's frustrating because this show is capable of more 
Um, and then finally, at ADA Canary said, just listen to last week's episode. In the real world, the custody situation with Ruby would be a bit more complicated. She wouldn't necessarily become a ward of the state if Sam dies, as she still potentially has a father out there who holds parental rights. If he tr- is truly gone, though, I don't think the DEO has custody rights over children with alien parentage just because they deal with aliens. She would still default to the normal custody system. Alex would be a strong candidate for placement under the fictive kin doctrine and yes i do realize this is a completely unnecessary and uh, irrelevant legal analysis about a tv show which is not going to care about any of these things but i felt compelled to tweet it to you hashtag fandom lawyer problems thank you so much for that information at ada canary i thought that was fascinating and i would love to hear more um more legal things about the show that the show is going to completely ignore (laughs) (laughs) But it's a good point, uh, since we did talk about that in last week's Supergirl Radio episode a little bit. uh, Where is Ruby's dad? Yeah. Does he still exist? I do feel like we're never going to find out. That's the thing. Like, if Sam doesn't make it at the end of the season, would he come back in knowing that his daughter is somewhere? And would he be a character who appears in season four? I don't know. They could they could play it they could play it that way, but I don't know if if they ever. What if her dad is Maxwell Lord and Maxwell's back? (laughs) (laughs) I would totally be okay with that. Me too. I just really want Peter Fascinelli to be back on the show. (laughs) (laughs) We will demand it until it happens. Uh, But yeah, so that. that's going to be something that I guess we'll have to watch out for in case the adoption thing does come up. Uh, will the father come back into play? Are we going to have a Maury Povich situation? Uh, so that's a good point. All right. Well, we have an email from Daryl who gives us a correction and then a suggestion for discuss uh, for discussion by writing, quote, the episode with the talk of the wall was actually this season. It was just so long ago that it feels like last season. It was the episode with Maggie's father, Far From the Tree, which was episode three. Oh, my God. I thought that was last season. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it, that is correct. It was from episode three. But that was that really was a long time ago. It feels like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> like such a long time ago. Uh, Daryl also goes on to say uh, there are some fans who feel that Lena is unnecessarily over sexualized with some of her outfits. I'd be interested in hearing both of your opinions on this unquote so morgan we do talk about lena luther's wardrobe quite a bit i guess this is where we could uh introduce lena luther boardroom or ballroom and now lena luther boardroom or ballroom so what do you think about that i know we joke about it it's become kind of a little thing that we like to talk about. But in terms of the over-sexualization, do you think it's a problem? So I don't personally think it's a problem, mo- mostly because I love her outfits. They're amazing. Uh, and as we all know, the more impractical they are for whatever situation she's in, the more I like them. <laughs> um, like, please give me Lena Luther in like a full length, like Miss Haversham, like wedding dress, like to go to like a child's like birthday party. <laughs> uh, this is all I want. Um, I don't think, you know, some of her outfits are definitely a little bit risque. She she likes them shoulders out. <laughs> uh, the last one I think we saw, I wasn't even sure how Gravity uh, was not taking that outfit I, down. I don't understand. A it. lot of double sided tape was was uh, was sacrificed that day. But I think for the most part, I don't feel like her outfits are very 
overtly sexual. I just think that there's, she wears like a lot of like nice dresses. Just they just happen to be like while she's in the lab in like five inch stilettos, <laughs> which is weird. But uh, I don't think I don't. There's there's few outfits where I think like whoa. Uh, I just think that, you know, she wears everything very well. Yeah, I think they are definitely inappropriate, usually, for the setting. For, in the, which- <laughs> for the setting. They're always inappropriate for the setting. I don't feel like they're, like, it doesn't look like she's going to the club all the time. Uh, so it's, I, it's, I don't feel like it's over-sexualized in that way. There have been some where I think her most recent shoulders out situation. Oh, that shoulders out was ridiculous. It was a little low cut. It was, it was, a, it was, it, it was, was hanging on by a prayer. <laughs> it was pushing it a little bit. Uh, but I, yeah, I think it's, fine i do enjoy that it's completely inappropriate for the setting because it does give us something to laugh about but uh they i don't think they've pushed it too far just yet but uh she could maybe not wear some you know maybe don't go any lower uh cuts (laughs) than, than what she has been wearing i feel like next season like my goal is just to see her in like a pair of jeans like maybe or maybe like maybe the national city sweatshirt comes back and like we just see Lena like look a little like comfy, like a little comfy. Her shoulders are warm. I, that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that as well. What does Lena Luther wear when she's just hanging out at home? When she's just chilling, it's it's probably an off the shoulder ball cap. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> she's like, what am I, a farmer? <laughs> <laughs> it's after six. What am I, a farmer? Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like that that uh that thirty rock quote always uh always makes me laugh when I think about it in relation to Lena. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's what she would say to somebody. And this has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Okay, we uh, also have an email from Mary who writes, The show has a standard villain set up each season. There's an initial antagonist, Maxwell Lord, Lillian Luther, Morgan Edge, and a final boss, Astra slash Non, Rhea, Rain slash Selena. But with each season, we get less face time with the final boss. Staying in the shadows doesn't count. Uh, Supergirl meets Astra and Non face-to-face in one uh, episode one Oh, so, sorry, season one, episode seven. Uh, she meets Rhea in uh, season two, episode 16, and Selena in season three, episode 20. Personally, I would have liked to have known more about Rain's creator. You got to know Frankenstein if you're going to understand Frankenstein's monster. What do you think? Did Selena get enough screen time? Does it even matter because Rain has been here since uh, season three, episode nine? I would say no at this point. I think the rain stuff was really good at the beginning of the season. Um, and I do sort of like that they've been doing it this way. Like part of, part of me hates that we don't get a lot of uh, screen time with the, as, as uh, Mary says, the big, the big boss, the big final boss at the end of the season. We don't get as much with them. But I kind of like that they sort of tag team. They have, have two kind of main baddies of the season just because like on the flash it's like oh come on another episode with the thinker are we gonna have to do this (laughs) again with zoom seriously every episode is the same thing so sometimes i think those season-long arcs where it's just the same villain in every episode it does get a little tedious so there is something to be said i think where you have lily and luther and then queen Rhea, where it 
it makes it still feel a little bit fresh. And especially if you tie them into each other, like they've done with Rain and Selena this season, I think that's been successful in terms of uh, weaving them together. But I, like I said earlier, I really wish we'd gotten to know more about Selena's background and uh, more about her antagonistic relationship with Alora. Like that would have been really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that we were both really excited when it was announced that it was Selena, like when that showed up in the show. And uh, and I was uh, I was really excited, but I was also like kind of bummed because I knew we were so close to the end of the season. It seemed unlikely that she was going to carry over. I mean, we, I, we could be wrong, but that's not usually how Supergirl uh, plays her pod-based endings. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I feel like we, uh, I like, I agree with you. I like the structure of the show. I feel like, like shows like the flash where it's like all the same villain can kind of get like, Oh my God, I get it. Uh, especially, you know, when you have like a 22, 24 episode season, it can just get brutal, um, with the repetition of the same villain. So I like that they split it up, but I do wish that we had gotten way more with our, um, <laughs> final boss this season. Yeah. And Selena is such a big deal. I think as a character, like the Supergirl, the movie, uh, the that Selena is so iconic in my personal memory. Like Faye Dunaway is just campy awesomeness in that movie, and to bring Selena onto the Supergirl show, I I feel like that should mean more. I feel like that should be a bigger deal. And so if she just kind of fades out in the next couple of ep- or, or you know within a couple of episodes. Uh, that's going to be a letdown. I was kind of hoping that she would be a bigger deal in season four, and maybe she will be, but I have a feeling that maybe they will defeat her in the finale, and that's going to be that. So I don't know. There's there's pros and cons uh, to, to that way of writing villains of the season. Well, we also have an email from Danae who writes, quote, I'm glad they showed Carr being hesitant about what to do with Monel, but I still don't get how his marriage isn't a big no for her. My comic book knowledge isn't very broad, but I did read that divorce is not allowed in Kryptonian culture, so shouldn't Monel ending his marriage make Kara feel a bit uneasy? But more importantly, does she even know why Monel and Emra got married in the first place? We've seen Monel tell Jean about his marriage being a political one, and I think Emra and Monel have spoken about it together. But is Kara even aware that if Monel chooses not to go back, there could be a literal war between multiple planets? <laughs> I'd like to think that Kara would never let that happen, but right now she can't even make that choice. As to the main plot, I'm kind of sad we didn't get to meet Selena earlier. Her offhand comment of how Krypton has suppressed her culture intrigued me, and I would have been curious to see what that culture religion entailed. If they had really incorporated it into the main plot, they could have even drawn some interesting parallels to Mirren, that's a good point, who is also very religiously involved and has lived under the suppression of the white Martians for centuries. But Selena will likely be defeated next week, so we probably won't learn much more about her intentions, unquote. So, uh, Danae, I think you bring up a really good point. Do we know if Kara even knows what is going down with Emra and Monel in their marriage? I don't think we do yeah i can't remember if uh if anybody had a conversation with Kara about the you know the imrad monel relationship and you know what it entails um I, but i don't think that she does know i think she just knows that they got married in the future and they seem to really like each other because they were like they had a whole bunch of pda in front of Kara at the beginning 
Uh, yeah. So I think as as far as she knows, they they really were into each other. We have an email from Alex who writes. One of the criticisms of last season was that, at times, Supergirl became a side character in her own show, with a lot of attention given to other characters. In watching this episode, I realized how many characters and side plots there were in this season. I forgot Supergirl was even in this episode. I hope next season the show goes back to its strength and focuses on Kara being Supergirl. And I know that Kara has a problem with Lena Luthor making and using kryptonite, but it sure doesn't seem to bother Alex. I hope Alex gives Kara a briefing on how using kryptonite kept her alive this week. Yeah, I I agree with Alex on this uh, situation about how Supergirl sort of seems to get lost in her own show. And that's what I really liked about the first half of season three. It felt like it was very Supergirl Kara heavy. Yeah, it was very much it was very much focused on her and her identity issues and you know, her sort of embracing being Supergirl and seeing where Kara fit into all of that. And I, I agree. I think this back half of the season has really lost her in a really, like like we were talking about earlier, we don't even really know what her, we haven't gotten a lot of insight into her feelings about like even just the love triangle. Um, and I think that that's sort of a bigger sign of how little we've sort of gotten into Supergirl's like, you know, thoughts and feelings lately and it's such a shame too because melissa benoist is such a good actress she's oh so, she's so great she's so good and when you give her things to do it just makes the show like it elevates the show when she is the focus of an episode and i know that they have wanted to expand out the other characters like they're giving alex and john and when james and all of them stories and and even lena to an extent and i think that's great i think you know it's good to kind of spread that love around but Man, I mean, Melissa Benoist is so good that I kind of, you know, as a fan and as somebody, like, if I was a director or a writer on the show, I'd be like, hey, can we give Melissa some more to do? Because she's really good at this acting thing. And you would also think that, like, the penultimate <laughs> the penultimate episode of the season would be focused on, you know, the main character. But I do feel like um, that... I did, you know, she did, she felt like she got lost in this one a lot, actually. Yeah, by the penultimate episode, <laughs> she should be the focus. Um, and there's that big jumbo jet that flies over my of house. Of course, it, it knows people. that we're recording. It knows that we're podcasting at this point. It's like it, it doesn't care that it's a different day than it usually is. It's, it's waited <laughs> for this. <laughs> we have totally changed our schedule this week. Still, it showed up. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think... Uh, the show would be better if it focused on Supergirl, uh, because that is the title of the show. Uh, but maybe, maybe uh, after the penultimate episode and we get into the finale, maybe that's when we're going to get some good Supergirl stuff. Let's hope so. Uh, well, we also have an email from Sam who writes, quote, It was nice that the DEO agent who died was someone we'd seen on a previous episode and who had been named in that episode, the one where the DEO agents were driven bonkers by Mirren and started fighting each other. Unlike Kelly, R.I.P. Kelly, from, uh, from the first <laughs> season, they did a much better job for laying the groundwork for his death. Poor Wynn. His force field invention was pretty impressive being able to take a heat vision blast from one Kryptonian head on, and yet he still can't help beating himself up over Demos' death. One thing that annoys me about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that except for the core group of Coulson, Melinda, Fitz, Simmons, Daisy, Yo-Yo, and Mac, uh, and all the other agents shown in the background, uh, no, 
all of the <laughs> other agents shown in the background are treated as red shirts whose deaths when they happen, don't really have an impact on the core cast. To some extent, Supergirl, the show, has treated DEO agents like red shirts whose deaths don't seem to carry much weight. So I appreciate the writers making an effort to show that these agents are people who are main cast, such as Jean and Wynn, work with and interact with on a daily basis. For all we know, Demos has a family, maybe a husband, wife, and kids of his own. I think it's important to take death, uh, to make death mean something, even if it isn't one of the main characters, unquote. And I think that's a really good point, Sam, that they uh, they did do a good job to uh, make sure that we knew who Demos was. We'd seen him interact with other characters and we weren't surprised that he was there. Like with Kelly, we were like, <laughs> who is Kelly? We don't know who this chick is. She had been around for three episodes prior to her death. We didn't know. So I think they have learned from uh, uh, Kelly's unfortunate and untimely demise. R.I.P. Kelly. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> and uh, uh, Sam also pointed out uh, in uh, the email that was sent that the line, quote, a powers beyond reason, unquote, is also spoken by Ursa from Superman 2. So that's a really good catch that I did not connect when I was watching this sh- the show. So uh, good memory on Superman 2. Um, our final email comes from Megan, who writes... Last week's episode was great to listen to. I think y'all are usually more positive overall on Supergirl episodes than I am. So it was refreshing to hear your frustration about it as well. And this week, when Monel and Wynn were talking about Kara, I was yelling, why are neither of them mentioning Imra? It was annoying. Honestly, I kind of want Rain to stick around. Nothing against Sam, but I like Rain, and I hope she isn't killed off for good next week. I did enjoy the scenes with John and his father, but I would have loved to see more of them. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we're going to love episodes, and sometimes maybe we're not going to enjoy them as much. It's just kind of the nature of watching television. Not every episode is going to be perfect. Even some of my favorite TV shows of all time like Lost or 30 Rock. Sometimes they had episodes I was like, meh, I didn't really like that one. But when I did enjoy them, they were awesome episodes. So it's just uh, the nature of a TV watcher, I guess. Yeah, I mean, especially in these like longer seasons, you just, it's it's hard. Some of them are going to hit and some of them aren't. Yeah. Last week's really did not for (laughs) us. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think uh, we've seen that Supergirl, uh, the TV show is is capable of doing some really awesome stuff and the cast is really good and the the directors are really um i think they've been really shining with the the directors this season i've seen some really good stuff like even this week in this episode when they first reintroduce sam in this episode when she's at at home in her huge house that she has with ruby uh i i I thought it was a great touch that uh they started that scene with a shot of her in the mirror i love that stuff I, i wish the the directors on the show would do more of that kind of stuff where they do visual storytelling with just the image you know we don't have to be told everything you know there's a there's a couple of episodes this season where they've done a lot of stuff with mirrors and uh glass and glass breaking and in in that scene it was a it was not uh glass that was broken but we did get to see a reflect uh reflection of sam so i i kind of eat that stuff up so um there have been some good things and bad things this season but uh overall i think we're just here for the ride we're here for lena luther's wardrobe (laughs) (laughs) we're here for streaky there's some good things in this season even if we weren't uh crazy about uh certain things like last week's episode Well, uh, before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snap judgments. 
sent in by our listeners. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So, uh, first one is from at Doogie448. Uh, Alex jumping off of a building while shooting a gun or Alex drop kicking two Kryptonians. Uh, which one would you pick, Morgan? I'm going to have to go drop kicking two Kryptonians. That was awesome. Oh, that's, this is tough. But I'm going to say Alex jumping off of a building while shooting a gun. That's fair. That's also Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one is from Danae. Selena's Trinity, uh, Selena's Trinity, or Rain's Trinity? Which one would? Which one uh, do you prefer? This is tough because I really liked Rain's Trinity, and I wish we had gotten more of them. But Selena's Trinity has like one stupid member, which I find <laughs> endearing. So I'm gonna go with Selena's. <laughs> See, it's so funny that you pick it that way because I was gonna go with Rain's Trinity because I really liked pestilence and how grace was like no i just want to be a villain that's yes <laughs> she, she was like i don't even have to I, i'm just gonna die in the rainforest because i want to be a villain <laughs> so i think I, I i preferred rain's trinity because she had a more capable <laughs> capable villain but i also appreciate that vita is kind of dumb uh, so the next one from danae is alex's kryptonite gun or her kryptonite gloves Ooh, this is a tough one. I feel like I'm going to go kryptonite gloves because I was like, what? Yeah, that was unexpected. I am also going to go kryptonite gloves. Uh, uh, the last one from Danae is, who would you like to have a surprise visit in the season finale? Uh, would you like to see Cat Grant or Superman? Which one would you pick? I feel like it doesn't make any sense, but I'm going Cat Grant. <laughs> I don't care. I think I think she could fix this all somehow. <laughs> uh, I would love for Cat Grant to meet uh, Selena and or Rain. I think uh, they would both cower in her presence. Uh, yeah, I think it makes more sense for Superman to show up. But I'm also going to go Cat Grant because <laughs> uh, when you have Cat Grant as an option, uh, I th I think you should always pick pick Cat Grant. Uh, the next one is from at X N E Drab. Evil Lena or Evil Morgana from Merlin? This is tough because I don't really want to see Lena go evil. But if she did go evil, you know she would have some good outfits. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go Evil Morgana because magic. And also the name is uh, like, a, like not a bad name. I like it. That's a good question, though, Morgan. What would e Evil Lena, like what would her attire be like? What if, what if Evil Lena's attire was just like... Um, sweatshirts and sweatpants <laughs> <laughs> it just goes in the opposite direction it would almost have to be i think i think it would just black sweatpants just black sweatpants and a lot of dark eye makeup <laughs> <laughs> uh for me i'm going evil morgana uh morgana had a baby dragon and she was crazy and I loved her so much. So I'm going to go Evil Morgana on this one. Although I do want to see Evil Lena, and I hope it goes that way. But I'm going Mar Morgana on the Snap Judgment. You got to pick one. Uh, so our last set of Snap Judgments come from Rachel. So the first one is, which is the more awkward hug? Alora hugging Alex uh, or Brainy hugging Wynn? I still think it was probably Brainy hugging Wynn. Oh, yeah. I don't think you're going to beat Brainy hugging Wynn. That was really <laughs> awkward. Uh, the next one is, which would you rather have, the Martian staff or Rain's sword? 
Uh, and the caveat here, uh, the clarification is whether uh, you can pick based on these uh, situations, whether you want to just hang it on your wall or you want to um, use it. You can, hmm. go, you can go either way or you can go both. Okay. So like both of them would look really good on a nice wall, like a nice, it's like a nice accent piece. I think <laughs> they would both work. Uh, but I like the staff because it's like a little bit more colorful and like Rain's whole thing is like very, very black and like, I get it goth, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Martian staff. I think the Martian staff is more uh, aesthetically pleasing but I think Rain's sword is more functional. So I think if I was, I think if I was going to use it, I would use Rain's sword, but then like display the Martian staff. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's where I would go with that. Okay, the final snap judgment from Rachel, uh, really important snap judgment. Would you rather have a force field belt or a hologram AI? This is a this is a very important question. Um, this is like a real thinker. I would go with a force field belt, especially if I lived in National City. I feel like you need that almost on the daily. Uh, buildings are always cracking and crumbling around you. And if you had a force field belt, you could just keep going to Starbucks. Who cares if that building over on the corner has just uh, exploded? Uh, yes, I think that is uh, more uh, more useful in your daily life. And also you can go places with it. I don't know if the hologram, because I think the hologram has to stay in that room in the DO. I think I think it can't walk very far because we saw the we saw the Allura hologram like go out into the hallway. She did go in the hallway. But then but then she went right back into that room. So I feel like she's got like a limited range of motion. <laughs> like I don't think that the Allura hologram could go on like a holiday to Hawaii. She's she's not going on a road trip somewhere. No. No, no she's not she's not getting on a carnival cruise. <laughs> <laughs> that is an episode I want to see. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I would watch that episode. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go force field belt. I feel like you can, you can do more things with the force field belt. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback on Make It Rain, the penultimate episode of season three of Supergirl. <laughs> if, you would, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. Uh, and next week, we may not take feedback. You can still write and call if you want to. Uh, but I think we might take more feedback during the live episode that we're going to do on Wednesday, uh, June 20th, I think is the right uh, date. I think that's right. Did I say that right? On June 20th, yes. Um, so I think uh, we may just take feedback from people in the chat. That might be a better way to do that next week. Um, but still write in if you'd like to. We, we might be able to have some time to share things on the live episode. But make sure you do it uh, before Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That way we can collect it all and get it ready. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. If you want to listen to us on uh, some platforms like Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, you can do that there. And we also have a musical playlist 
on Spotify that has songs from the show. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. Big thanks to a user named uh, Brown U Jr. for writing a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate that. Super grow. Gosh, I scrolled past it. Uh, <laughs> I was so ready to be super professional, and then I just kept scrolling. It's a, it's a uh, long Google Doc, to be fair. It is. It is. Uh, we are on page 10 of 12. <laughs> <laughs> Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Yes, and we uh, have a Tee Public store uh, that we would like to remind listeners about. We have some cool new things going up into the store. We have a lot of new designs that have been added to the store, including a, uh, a very unique and exclusive Supergirl Radio t-shirt uh, that is actually a very literal Supergirl Radio. Uh, you should go, go check it out. <laughs> if you want to go uh, check out the store, you can go to supergirlradio.com and there is a link at the top of the page to the T Public store and you can go straight to it. Um, but definitely check out the uh, Supergirl Radio design that we have out there. We've got a Snap Judgments t-shirt. We've got Rain t-shirts. We've got the National City University uh design there we've got everything that you could possibly need uh from supergirl we got deo shirts martian manhunter shirts alex danvers shirts uh we got everything bizarro shirts brainiac five and i have to say like i'm going to i'm gonna be going to comic-con next month and i think i'm gonna stock up because we've got a lot of like cool stuff on that on that page i think you you have to stock up uh atlanta comic-con is coming up for me uh, so, um, I mean, if you've got, I mean, this is convention summer. You got, it you, is. Got, you got to get ready. Now is the time now. Look, be prepared. Buy early. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of cool stuff on the, the tea public store that you won't get anywhere else. So definitely check that out. And it helps, uh, support the DC TV podcast network, uh, for all of the things that we are doing as a group. And, uh, just a reminder to listeners, if you want to, uh, hang out with us on June 30th, we are doing a charity fundraiser event. We do this every year. It's an annual thing that we get together and do, and we're raising money, uh, for the make a wish foundation this year. So it's a really great cause, uh, really awesome things that they do for kids. Uh, so you can donate to that cause and also listen to a whole day's worth uh well maybe not 24 hours we're not that uh, crazy uh but <laughs> <laughs> oh we have we haven't committed to 24 hours i was uh I was really excited for my 2 a.m. slot. <laughs> <laughs> no, we might get there because uh, you know Andy likes to add podcasts, so it might. Be... <laughs> Eventually, one day we're gonna get we're gonna be live and wired for 24 hours. We are we are gonna be really caffeinated one one year, <laughs> uh, but for most of the day there will be DC podcasts um, uh, broadcasting all day, so you can come in and out, or you can hang out with us for the whole whole time um supergirl radio will have an hour so uh you can come and hang out with us uh then i i believe our time slot is at 7 p.m right now eastern uh so uh uh put it in your calendar it might change but as of right now that is our time slot uh so we'll let you know uh more information about that coming soon 
And you can follow me on Twitter if you would like to do that. I'm at at Derby Kid. And on Instagram, I'm at The Derby Kid. If you want to watch videos of mine over at YouTube, you can do that at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. And I am a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. We're still going through Wonder Woman and Justice League. Uh, I contribute uh, through writing, but also you can sometimes hear my voice. So if you're into that, (laughs) you can listen to those episodes. And if you want to also hear my voice, uh, I'm doing a little bit of voice acting uh, for a for a zany, what I refer to as a narrative podcast. It's sort of like a storytelling podcast. Uh, so if you want to subscribe to it, it's it's a podcast called The Fakest. It's about uh, fake news stories. It's a big thing these days, fake news. Uh, so it's a it's a, a storytelling podcast, and I play a character who is basically a news producer to the uh, outrageous news anchor. Uh, so I'm, I kind of feel like she's, uh, Leanne is sort of like Liz Lemon to Jack Donaghy a little bit, uh, always having to kind of set him straight <laughs> about things that are going on. Uh, so you might hear my voice, but it's a little bit electronically manipulated. So it might sound like I'm speaking through a, like a speaker or a microphone situation. So, um, I highly recommend it. It's made me laugh quite a bit with some of the scripts that have come out. Um, and I, I don't want to tease too much because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but highly recommend it. Subscribe to The Fakest so you can never miss an episode. I'm very excited. I cannot wait to listen. <laughs> you can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic, M-O-J-O-T-S-T-I-C. I'm also a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, we are planning our listener feedback episode for uh, later next week, I believe. So if you have been holding on to that listener feedback, you've been holding it very tightly and very warmly in your heart. Now is the time to send it to us, uh, before we record. Um, so you should send that. I think our email address is the legends podcast <laughs> at gmail.com, but you could maybe just be emailing some other podcast. <laughs> so you want to, it might want to go on our website, double check that for us. What we, what we do on our podcast is really just make you do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> Which I need to do because I have a question that I need to send in and I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, so I will have to do that. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio and our discussion on the penultimate episode, Make It Rain. But if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we'll leave you with this week's forecast, which is... 100%, you guessed it, rain. again the future needs heroes i don't kill not even her 
cannot win. Supergirl, season finale next Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Battles Lost and Won. The official description reads, quote, Supergirl and team take on Selena in an epic battle for Earth, unquote. And that's the end of the description. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of that description is the word Supergirl. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm really excited about next week. I'm going to get to see Supergirl. I also like the word epic. (laughs) (laughs) It's one sentence. That's so good. Yeah, it doesn't really, uh, there's no spoilers. It's so. very discreet. I mean, I I feel like the second sentence is um is sort of you have to read between the lines, but it's all it's that Jean has a terrible secret that he's going to share. <laughs> yes, I think uh, Jean had Jean's shocking secret is going to be revealed and yes. fi- finally revealed. the end of the season. <laughs> we are coming out. We are saying with a hundred percent certainty that we will learn Jean's shocking secret. It's gonna happen. I feel like this description was holding back intentionally <laughs> just to not spoil that that was gonna happen. So yeah, we don't really know what's gonna happen next week. Nothing really going on. I guess they're gonna battle it out for Earth. Uh, yeah, that's that's what it says. Uh, Selena's gonna be involved. We know that. Supergirl's gonna we got be that. there. We got that. <laughs> There's a, the Earth. Earth is there. <laughs> Earth is there. Everything. <laughs> all the elements are really coming together. Yes, you know, like. true. <laughs> so, uh, really, uh, spoiler-free episode description for next week. Uh, the trailer made it look like, I guess, I guess we could talk about this since we don't have much (laughs) else to talk about. Uh, the trailer made it seem like Supergirl might have to make a decision on whether or not to kill Rain. And since we talked about how this week's episode, um, Make It Rain, it had some Man of Steel vibes with the terraforming. And of course, if you've seen Man of Steel, spoil- this is the spoiler section. So I feel like yeah. you can spoil Man spoilers of Steel. Spoilers are here. Spoilers are here. And also, Man of Steel came out like kind of a while ago. Five years and ago. And I feel like yeah. you should have seen it by now if you were going to. <laughs> and if you're on the internet, I feel like you probably, even if you haven't seen the movie, you probably know about it. Um, but at the end of that movie, General Zod puts him in a puts Superman in a situation where he basically is forced to kill General Zod. Um, it's sort of a suicide by cop situation that happens. Um, and I don't know if they're going to play it up like Supergirl is going to have to make a similar choice. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really I'm nervous about that because I really don't disrespect my Man of Steel. That's that's <laughs> that's a big deal for me. Don't disrespect it. Um, but I don't know. I'm because Supergirl also in the trailer is like, I don't kill. And I'm like, Kara, we've been through this so many I times. I mean, you've definitely accidentally <laughs> offed a couple of people over this, the course of this show. There, was, there were a lot of questionable situations with Supergirl. She seems very, and, and her, her righteousness, I feel like, is not earned at this point in the season. She might consider having an affair, but oh, she's not going to kill somebody. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Her lines in the sand are, are, uh, are interesting. Your moral choices, I don't know, I, I don't I don't really know that I trust them. It's like, listen, Kara, 
make make better choices. Make better choices. So I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. I almost have this feeling like Sam is going to kill Rain. I could see that definitely happening. I mean, she is in the rainforest. She's looking for those fountains. She is looking for those fountains. She's going to find those <laughs> fountains <laughs> uh, in this fictional place. They're two different people now. Yeah, it's very, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm confused. I'm still confused by like the mythology pseudoscience of the Sam Rain situation as it stands now. I understood it earlier this season. I understand it less right now. But I, I feel like there's definitely a scenario in which like Sam takes down Rain um, and lives. And there's a scenario in which like maybe Sam takes down Rain and has to like sacrifice herself to do it. I kind of want that to happen. Because that takes the choice out of Kara's hands and leaves it up to Sam. And I feel like Sam should kill Rain. If anyone is going to kill Rain, I feel like Sam should do it. Yeah, agreed. But then that would kill Sam, I think. Would it, though? Because maybe. (sighs) I don't know. See, I don't really understand. Because if Sam is strong, then Rain is weak. Then Rain is weak. Ugh, I don't know either, Morgan. I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't because know. it's it seems like Rain being strong is literally killing Sam. Yeah. But if they are, if they have a a symbiotic relationship where like they can't live without each other, then you would think that killing Sam would actually be kind of a problem for Rain. Because if Sam dies, then wouldn't Rain die? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Again. Again. I don't know. <laughs> well, none of it. None of it makes sense. And like, I feel like throwing it into the penultimate episode of the show is was really a mistake in in pacing. <laughs> um, I think uh, I appreciate the fact that you got that one last penultimate in there. Uh, <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll get all of our answers next week. We will get every single answer to every question. In the finale. (laughs) We're going to know everything next week, you guys. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a lot to look forward to, even though we have no idea what is going to happen, because this this description uh, gave us nothing. Uh, (laughs) So uh, so we'll we'll have to see what goes down. And there, there should be an exciting finale, even though we have no idea what's happening. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our spoiler section. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.